It's time for the big show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Andy Gallo. And I'm CJ. And our guest today is Johnny Riley. Yes. Let it rain, not a whole lot more will I get them deep river blues. Let it rain go long, we'll let it all just sweep along. Get them deep river blues. What's good? I like that. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, man. Well, thank you for having me. You bet. Ease up on that mic there. There you go. <laughs> la, 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 la. There you go. So how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, well, it's good, okay. to, good to meet you. Good, good to meet you. Meet you. Uh, had a chance to look at your performances on uh, YouTube. Oh, wow. And um, good, man. Really. Well, I'm glad that you like some of them because I don't even know what's on YouTube. No, it's some good stuff. Oh, good. Some good, real good. good stuff. Yeah, absolutely there. Yeah. I, I got the impression that you were more on that... Uh, Maybe that Hank Williams Jr. Everybody says that. You know, ZZ Topish. That's what I told uh, when when I was watching some of it. I, I said kind of a ZZ Top sound in a way. Yeah. But uh, then then Jim says, well, no, he can he can do some country too. Well, you know? they, so they, I call my music <clears throat> gumbo music. I got you. You get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and when you play like I play, right? In some places, uh, I've played big places, but I've also played restaurants, and they pay good, but. You know, sometimes the guy that's eating enchiladas and drinking a margarita, he wants you to play Hank Williams. So you play Hank Williams and he tips you. So you're getting paid and you're getting tips. You know, can you do this? So I had to learn how to do a little bit of everything. Right. Uh, yeah. But, you know, who you are, uh, a lot of that comes from who you were. Yes, sir. And, and uh, who your parents were. Yep. So, like I want to say, uh, nearly everybody started out as a child. So... I'm pretty sure you did too. Yes, sir, I did. <laughs> so, so speaking of speaking of that, where did where, where did you grow up at? Originally, originally I was born in Coons, Texas, in 1966, and and my mom and dad. My dad's originally from Markham, Texas. My mother's from Clarkston, Mississippi. We grew up on a sharecropper's farm. They moved down to Sour Lake, Texas, and that's where I started. But I grew up with uh, different kinds of music because my mother was from Mississippi, so they had a lot of Delta blues, and mm-hmm. and then dad's from Texas, a lot of Ernest Tubb, and somewhere in between. It's almost like Howlin' Wolf and, and uh, Ernest talked about together and had a kid, and that was me. So, <laughs> so that's kind of so I was yeah. I was um, multicultural before it was cool. I listened to everything, and my dad was a holiness preacher, so I grew up. And he sang, he, he preached a lot. I don't guess white folks let him preach in white churches because he preached in all the black churches, oh, okay. African American churches all over Louisiana, everywhere. So I grew up hearing that music. And so with a mixture of country and, and black gospel, all this is kind of where I got my sound mm-hmm. is what I do. But I try to, I try to be able to have a melting pot of stuff where I can get and play. Uh, How'd you get your first guitar? I think the first one I ever had was a, was an old beat up. It was, it was one of those uh, nylon string, uh, Willie Nelson type guitar, there was two of them. And I think my, my uncle had given it to me. And my first song, I learned how to play raunchy. 
And my father, I found out when he was young, was a rogue. He was a wild man, but he got religion and got Jesus and got saved. And of course, I was listening to Jerry Reed albums and Jimmy Reed and all this because that was my mom and mom stuff. And he'd go, Jerry Lee, that boy's going to end up playing in the beer joints. My God, he's going to go to hell. But I just, I kept playing, you know, and kept listening and playing. And of course, my dad died back in 2014. He told me, he said, boy, ain't nothing wrong with what you're doing. Go play your music. Just remember who you are. Um, he, they was, I, I tell people I was raised Pentecost. That's why I'm a Baptist. Because, um, <laughs> you converted. Well, yeah, I had to convert to Baptist because uh, there's a reason the kids slept under the pews because when them sisters would go to dancing and hooping and hollering, they'd shake them hairpins out and it could blind the younger, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they, the Baptists, they go to church, it's 11 o'clock, 12, we out Pentecost, they liable to start at 7. And if you get Indians involved in it, like the Alabama shot Indian Reservation, where daddy would preach down there, they'll start at 7, they'd be, be coming in at 9 o'clock at night. They have no sense of time, and they would just come in and they just have church you know, 12 o'clock at night and eat afterwards. So it's just like, there's one thing I know about Pentecost people, they're going to eat and take up an offering. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes. Sounds sound like a Baptist too, though. You know? Really? So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I tell them I'm a shouting Baptist. I get happy and go, amen, or something like that. But I I just, <laughs> it was a little bit different growing up. So I, was, I had a melting pot of, of all kind of music around me, and I, I wasn't too good at much, nothing else, but I grew up playing my, I'll tell you a story. My mother my mother actually said that I had a Sears and Robot catalog. It was a picture of a red, old Fender red Mustang guitar in that. And I was little. I was about three, and I would sit there and rub on it. And I said, I was born to do what I do. And so I always, I, in fact, when I was young, I wanted to be Flip Wilson, if you remember Flip. <laughs> yeah, I I thought yeah. Flip was cool, yeah. but I didn't know a little white boy from Texas could be. I was like, I want to be Flip Wilson when I grew up because I thought he was so awesome doing Geraldine and yeah. all that. Oh, yeah. So I just, if and the there de- was a The devil life, made me do it or something, devil, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Hey, honey. Yeah, I yeah. love that guy. <laughs> and, uh, but when I was little, I wanted to be <clears throat> Flip Wilson. So I always had the entertainment. I guess I, was, was, I really was born with it. It's the only time I, I really think uh, that's just who, it's what I do. And I told uh, Country Jimmy, I said, it's the difference between guys can get out here and sing and play, but a lot of them don't know how to entertain. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the it factor for me to be able to entertain an audience, to be able to not just talk to them, but, you know, kind of connect with them. Yeah, uh, that's great. Yep. Yeah, you have to. or you Because, I mean, right. why would they want to come see my show? Why would they want to pay to come see it if I'm just, you know. Right. They'll stand up there and. Well, I'm singing, I'm doing whatever, but I'm nothing special. Yeah. I'm like, Kiss wasn't even a good band, but they had, they had great theatrics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I thought, you know, Jerry Reed could play Ace Freely under the table, but the deal is, is who didn't want to see this weird big Jewish guy like a devil blowing fire? And Christians were so ignorant, they would buy their records to burn them. I'm like, you think they care? You're buying their records. And then they would burn their records. Don't matter. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Good publicity, bad publicity, still publicity. You know, it's just, it's garbage. I'm like, dude, really? Oh, we bought their records. We're going to have band kiss. I'm like, I, I bet they're upset. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> no, it was entertainment. It was entertainment. And yeah. I, I noticed yeah. that. And I've tried to study the old guys, uh, uh, like Country Jim here. Mm. And uh, did you catch that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> You're and an old guy now. The old guys. I, I try to check. I call them the elders and watch how they entertain people because a lot of people in Nashville, I, I, I know who Lonzo and Oscar is and mm. Johnny and Jack and all these guys because I've studied that. But I watched what those guys did because they actually traveled in. I say caravans, cars, trucks, wherever they could get to, and mm-hmm. they would play in gyms, and they would put yeah. on an actual show for people to come. Yep. And if it wasn't entertaining, nobody was going to pay a buck. I think Bob Wills was charging a dollar and a quarter to get in for the dance. They weren't. They weren't going to pay. Yeah. Undoubtedly, that back when you were a kid, you get a coke for a nickel. Right. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying for oh, a nickel. Yeah. So a dollar and a quarter. Yeah. 
you know, when people weren't, weren't making, you know, a dollar an hour sometimes some places, that was that was, that was was big money back then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know. Weirdest thing I knew about was when a Coke went from a nickel to six cents. I Ooh. thought, that's strange. Man. Well, you, you know, yeah. I, I think I can say it on this show. My great-grandfather said when toilet paper went to a dime a roll, he would quit going to the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's not exactly what he said. He, he used some more vernacular. Yeah. But yeah. he said, I will quit going to the bathroom when it comes 10 cents a roll because that is just inflation through the roof, and it's horrible. I'm like, really? And he was serious, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, of course, when I was a kid, they didn't, they didn't know what ADD was. Yeah. It was just, y'all need to. Beat him. He needs a whooping. Yeah, and I, I got oh, yeah. a lot of oh, yeah. my my great grandfather was named Tilford Edward McCluskey. T. McCluskey. He's born in eighteen ninety five. He would take a paper sack and put some salt in it, and he'd tell me because I'd stay with him. And he'd say, "You see them birds out there?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "If you can kick, get on, put salt on their tail, you can catch a bird." Well, dude, I would spend hours stalking birds out there, <laughs> hours, and he just give me something to do. He was he was smart man. I look back at it now because they didn't have like. ADD. It wasn't like take time out and go refresh. It wasn't time out. It was knock you out. Right. And when right. you regain consciousness, you say maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. So they did. That's what happened to me when I was a kid. And so guitar and music's like my saving grace. I'm a I'm a disabled vet. I'm a you know. Uh, uh, thanks P- for your service. PTSD. I don't know. I don't know if it was. Thank you for it. I, thanks. Would you do it again? I'm like I'm not sure. Uh, I think so. <laughs> I think I would. Uh, I just. I think what my, sir, what branch of service were you? Army. In? Army. Yeah, I wasn't tough enough to be a Marine. Uh, I was. I was actually, actually when I was all my family on one side was Marines, and I was going to the Marine Corps. But I was so nervous. I hate taking tests that I actually broke out in splotches <laughs> when I come out. My wife goes, "What happened to you?" And I was like, "It looked like I had like an allergic reaction to the Marine Corps, literally." And so I joined the Army, and uh, and uh, I went into the Army, and I never will forget. My grandmother, when I got out, she goes, how was camp? I'm like, excuse me? Because I don't know what they do now, but um, I thought my name uh, was a lot of curse words for the first month I was there. Mm-hmm. That's a nice way to put mm-hmm. it. You're teaching yeah, yeah. me how to talk without being... Right. Uh, colorful. Colorful, yeah. They were, colorful. I was extremely colorful, and it wasn't... <laughs> they, I don't know what they're doing now. They weren't concerned about my pronouns when I went right. to oh, the yeah. military at all. Thank so you did you uh, go overseas? Were you in yes, sir. Uh, I went over, I was. In, I went to work for the multinational, well, I didn't do it, they did it, but I, I wanted to go to uh, Fort Polk, Louisiana, because I'm, you know, I'm like, hey, let's go to Louisiana. No, they sent me to Anchorage, Alaska, oh, and 50 below zero, totally different world. I got invited to a barbecue up there one time. I showed them they had hot dog and hamburgers. Well, I'm from Texas, I'm like, when y'all going to barbecue, you know, yeah, and they go, yeah. this is a barbecue. I'm like, you Yankees really got a lot to learn. So, <laughs> so, and, uh, but no, they sent me there. And then when I finally got used to that, they sent us on a peacekeeping mission for the multinational force and observers. And while I was over there, desert storm was brewing and kicking off and instead of doing six months, I think I did another six months or something like that, eight months a year all together. And so when I come home, my kids didn't know who I was, you know, I, cause I wasn't there. And this was back when they wrote letters. I think we got the phone call when they did it back then was a satellite phone call. And when you talk to your loved ones, you have to say, hello, over, over, like right. that. So you would talk back and forth. So I did, did the whole letter thing. And, yeah. and uh, did, you, did you play music in the service? Yes, I did. I, well, I always played, I always had a guitar in my hand, but the chaplain over there, 
And I always say, if I'm ever going to do anything, if I ever go back in service, I want to be a chaplain's assistant because those guys got all the good food and all the good stuff, and they didn't have to do anything. So, but the chaplain's assistant got me a guitar. And while I was over there, the USO show come in, and I got to get up on stage and play. And I did, and they liked it, and, and uh, I think they put, took some money up or whatever. But I basically got there and sang for a bunch of drunk GIs is, is what happened. But, yeah, I played some music and wrote some songs and, and did some things like that. In Anchorage, I had a couple of friends that were musicians in Anchorage. Keith Juno, left-handed fiddle player, he's, he's recently mm -hmm. was on here. Kenny Snow. I played the Pines Club a lot in Anchorage, Anchorage? Alaska. Yeah, Pines. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if it's still there anymore, but. There was not a lot to do in, in, in Alaska. It snows. It's, it, it's a lot of drinking. Lots and lots of drinking. And uh, I don't, I, we didn't, there was really nothing to do. It's eight months, it's winter. Right. So, you know. <clears throat> nothing to do but drink. Well, I don't drink now. Right. And people say, well, did you have a drinking problem? I'm like, no, I love drinking. I think everybody else had a problem when I was drinking, but <laughs> I enjoyed it thoroughly. Hey, yeah, yeah. But I, I yeah. don't do it anymore. But, it's, you know, I just, I kind of got burnt myself out on it a little bit. But yeah. I think you, as you get older, you realize. Yeah. There's, there's, there's better things to do. There's better huh? things to do for me, definitely. Because, right. right. you know, yeah. music's been my, been my therapy, my saving grace. So that's what I, I like doing music. I love entertainment. I like entertaining audience. And my ultimate goal is I would love to be able to play shows in Branson. Uh, I'd love there to play the Opry, but when I was growing up, if you played the mm -hmm. Opry, you had made it. If you died right then, it would never get any better. Right. Like Loretta yeah. Lynn yeah. said, when you play the Opry, you play it stage once, it's just like, dude, you are at the top right. of your game. So you, you know, you would fit in at Branson for sure because the entertainment up there, believe it or not, I mean, there's a lot of no-name no, no people up there, and and they're really, really good. And you're going, you know, they're maybe playing at the so-and-so theater, you know, whatever. Well, the, the deal name, is, you know, is but, when you play places like I play, because I've literally played holes. Mm -hmm. I played places where uh, you carry a pistol in and uh, you got a pistol on you when you're playing. Yeah. You keep it on you because right. you don't know what's going to happen. So I play those places and I prefer rig nice places, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And I've played places like real juke joints and real places. It's yeah. good fun to talk about that. Right. But I've right. actually played, you know, in yeah. places. You don't want to play behind the chicken wire. <laughs> I played, just like Jerry Lee, I played behind, I played those kind of places. My deal is I want an audience. It's, it's if, you play a, if you play a casino, unless you're playing the main room, you're playing the machines. And your background music. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to pay yeah. you 300 bucks for a couple hours. What are you going to do? You get in there and do your thing. Mm -hmm. And you'll get people to come by and say, hey, man, that sounds really great. But the people that own the casino, they want you to keep those people on those machines. That, mm -hmm. Their job is to spend money, not to sit yep. there and clap for you. Unless you're doing right. a main room and they're drawing they right. get yeah. on yeah. the casinos. Yeah. But yeah. my main deal is if I like like a good 90-minute, two-hour show that's actually like the old-timers did. It's, it's a variety of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I try to put in my show. Uh, is a variety of different things and different music to take people back to a simpler time, a better time. Because mm -hmm. this world is nuts. I mean, they're worried about. Yeah. I mean, when I, no offense, but nobody was worried. I don't care what your pronouns are. I've got to pay the light bill. So, right. I mean, it, it's just if, there, if there's ever a time we need to laugh and have a good time, maybe entertainment. That's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. you know? Branson, though, is like the. That would be awesome. Yep. People are oh, there yeah. to hear. Yeah. Their, to hear the entertainment. Yeah, that's that's that's, I, right. that's what I was going to oh, say. Yeah. They're there it's, to hear you. They're not worried about eating enchiladas, no. drinking margaritas, no. and go, can no. you play uh -huh. Hank Jr.? Right. But yeah, I can. Uh, how much money do you have? Right, right. <laughs> I do a stick. I always do this. I tell people, hey, I want to tell you a story about, a, and I, this really happened to me. Uh, 
I was playing a bull bash or something, and this drunk cowboy, and I always say, anybody ever seen a drunk cowboy? And they go, we do, because there's drunk cowboys. Has anybody been a drunk cowboy? We are drunk cowboys. Everybody, yeah. Okay, and I said, well, he come up, and he looks at me, and he says, hey, I'm begging, I tell you what, said, you play brick in the wall by Pink Floyd, I'll give you a $100 bill. And I thought, he's fixing me pissed, because I went... We don't need no education. Anyway, I did the whole song, and it blew his mind, and he had to put the $100 bill in there, and he did. And I thought, when he wakes up tomorrow, he's going to realize, don't profile people, because he looked at me thinking he's going to hear. <laughs> you were traumatized by the Burt Reynolds movie. You remember? I do remember. Yes. I do remember. Ned, yeah. Ned Beatty. Was jumping Don't. around out. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that happened. They think, so I tell people on my tip jar, I'm like, hey, he did that. Don't ever profile people. You never know who you're talking to, whether you're the richest man in the world or the poorest man in the ditch. We all end up in a hole. So it pays to be nice. And I say, anything that you donate to the tip bucket tonight goes to a great organization that I fully support called Feed the Children. Feed my children, feed my grandchildren. There you go. And any other there kids come by That's my good. house. And I always do that during my day. And it, I've just developed it over the years. I'm actually, I developed what they call an act. But seeing me in the overalls, I really do dress like this. Well, that's another. I was going to ask you about that. Okay, you got you got the overalls on. You got your your hat on. That's a fun, that's a nice Stetson. Well, I was about to say it looks like a pretty yeah. Yeah, mom now, got that for me a couple of years ago. Now, me. is this something that is this is this part of the is this part of the act? That's what I well, like. Yeah, to- the deal is is I've got suits with the rhinestones on them, and I dig them. I think it's cool. But when I come out in it, I kind of look like a big disco ball. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but I say that I played. I got to play the Midnight Jamboree. I played the Midnight Jamboree. Ernie Stubbs Midnight Jamboree. I got to play with Leon uh-huh. Rhodes. Oh wow! Well, when I come out, honey, I was I look like a hillbilly pimp. I come out and <laughs> and Glenn Tubb was on there, and he introduced me. And I said, "My, I did an old uh, an old stick." I said, "Can y'all see me? All right." Of course, you know, at the time I'm three hundred two now, but at the time I was three hundred fifty pounds and had a bright, bright blue rhinestone suit on looked like I was going to church in Atlanta on Easter at Easter time. You hear me like a big egg. And I come out and I did my thing and, and I did that. But and then I thought, well everybody does that. And I thought, well who am I really as an artist? So when you see me uh with the with the I don't know what kind of these old shoes on right here. My mother said you should have been born in the other century. I got the old high top dress shoes and this this really is who I am. So I thought there's got to be an audience that will come to see me. Mm-hmm. And so I come yeah. in my overalls. I told my wife, I said, I think I need to go get me some overalls. I had some doodads put on. Every once in a while, I wear a tie for real. Right. And I made an owner laugh one time. I showed up, had my overalls, had my tie on. And he said, you got a tie with overalls? I said, well, I figure if you play a fancy crawfish place like this, fellow ought to get dressed up. <laughs> <laughs> and so that humor and that stuff that is right. me, I just, I said, there's got to be somebody that's willing to pay a ticket to come see it. Okay, now did you ever uh, did you ever meet Boxcar Willie? That's what I'm no, saying. No, but I thought I think about him. I love Boxcar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, and, and then, never that's him. what we were getting at. Uh, every time I I, I seen Box uh, a couple of times live, way, way, way back there at Johnny High's Country Music Review. You remember yeah, that that's uh, back, back and forth? With that's Texas. why I saw it. Yeah. Okay, that, that that's it. So I got to go backstage. Was that I, you on the? Oh, never. That mind. was me playing, playing back up there. I was, I was doing my little Way whistle. 
That was That's that was awesome. that was my whistle there. But anyway, well, we did a train show not long ago, so we had to bring that on there. Yeah, uh, yeah we were. He was doing train songs. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, you know, he, every time I saw him, he always had he had his hat. You know, and he had the pins, the hat pins all over him, and and he had the uh, overalls on. Well, so I, that's why I was kind of getting it. Out who I was as an artist, I've done the. the I used to. Somebody said you, they asked me one time, "Do you dye your beard?" I'm a kid. If I don't, I look like Santa Claus. It's white. So, but I always wore the. I dyed the black, and I did the rhinestones, and I play. I can play the blues, rock, and all that stuff. But I thought, who am I as an artist, and what do I want to do? I've got some ideas that I want to do, and I thought, well, just be yourself. There's got to be an audience that'll pay to see you, because believe me, I'm. I've had people say this guy dresses ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, but you remember who I am. Mm-hmm. I loved Jimmy Dickens. I love Porter Wagner. Well, I'm like, dude, Rhinestones on the Hills, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I love all that stuff. Yep. They knew the show was coming to town. Uh, I want to be a part of a show like that, but when I come out, I want to be. To- I would rather have guys that learn to play in a band be dressed to the nines behind me and me come out like this, like Boxcar did. Right. Just because it puts you down in a, it sets you different. Marty Stewart, oh, yeah. I saw him one time. Yeah. He was an all black. His band was in all white suits. They had white drums, white guitars, everything matched, and he was the black, and it stood him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Went, yeah, that's smart. So yeah, yeah. this is basically yeah. who I've decided to be. Me and uh, I said if they're gonna keep. Well, I'm learning this business. They go, it's okay. You're the executive producer. I'm like, that means that I pay for everything. I don't have any input. I just pay everybody. That's right. And I'm like, if I'm going to do right. that, why not own my own yeah. label? Why not have yeah. our own publishing company? Me and Barry have our own publishing company. Why not do that and, yeah. and okay. promote me? Hey, uh, I was just knocking. What was that supposed to be there? Was uh, it attention knocking. getter? I was knocking. Yeah, oh, I'm knocking. Right. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so talk a little <laughs> bit about. I don't know. Talk a little bit about the area of, uh, in the past, having uh, been a sideman in somebody else's deal, and and talk about then being a front man, having your own band. And then I know now you do a lot, maybe almost exclusively, of uh, one-man Well, one there's man a reason gigs. I do one-man things, but when I started out, I was playing, I grew up playing in church, and I never had no music lessons, I just played. All my uncles played, and they would show. I showed me like two or three chords, and then I found out, hey, if you get good. Well, my daddy said, if you sold your soul to the devil, then you go make money for the world. You know, you out there playing them, just sold your talent to the devil. And I'd be like, I was a kid going, what if I was a plumber? Could I do the plumbing in a bar? Or would I go to hell for doing the plumbing in the bar? And he would get really upset because they'd put us in the corner. I woke up in the corner. So back in those days, so it was. I was a kid. So. Uh, I remember I went on my first road trip. I was 12 years old and I was playing bass. And they had got together one Christmas and got me. I had a PVT-40 sunburst colored bass guitar and an amp. And it was bigger than I was and I thought I was cool. And I went and played Southern Gospel music with a group called the PKs, a.k.a. the Preacher's Kids. And we were on a school bus in San Antonio, Texas. We played, I think I got $75 for the entire weekend, which... Dude, I, I was happy. I worked all day in a hayfield for 20 bucks, and that ain't no lie. So, I mean, I was I was in hog heaven. But I remember uh, Buddy Lowe was, uh, was a guitar player, and I played or whatever, and I think they coaxed me into pouring ice down the bus driver's back or something. But the, he was the piano player, so that didn't go over too big. But, I mean, that was the... I learned really about being a sideman. My job is not to be the front. My job, if I'm playing sideman, I, I don't... 
I'm playing the music. I have nothing to do with the show part of it. They, they do yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of side guys, they want to be stars or whatever, and they don't know their place. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yep. whoever you're playing, I know musicians have gotten mad. Well, I don't like this music. I'm like, well, are you getting paid? Well, yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. If if, if I want to play Little Bo Peep or I'm a little tea teapot short and stout play the music it has nothing to do with you like mm-hmm. it or don't like it right yeah. absolutely and uh, so absolutely. i started playing but with bands and stuff i started doing the front guy because i wanted the attention i want i love making people laugh mm-hmm. and i found that if you can do it without like i i try in my shows i want a kid to be able to come listen to the show and go dude that's awesome you know i want to mm-hmm. do that when i grew up because it's harder to do what i call comedy yeah and not use colorful bad vernacular Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do it. I know how to do it. Believe me, I, I know how right. to do all that. But everybody does that. But if you can come in and actually do the humor like Clower did and right. and Archie Campbell, like yep. you mentioned him a while ago, those kind of guys, mm-hmm. those, that's mm-hmm. genius stuff. You mm-hmm. know? Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Now, yeah, I love Red Okay, you definitely write a lot of your own music. Do yes. and Of course, you, you're definitely a funny guy. I mean, you, you've got a an entertainment type of thing going on here. So... Any of the songs that you've written, are they or would they can be? Could, could some of them be considered uh, comedic or maybe? Uh, well, no, I've done some. I've done some comedian songs. I, I heard. Um, I'm trying to think of the guys. Um, a banjo picker, like I do a song about a dog, and then I heard uh, Aaron Wilburn do a song about the Chinese food. I don't know if you ever heard that. Uh, uh, he does a bit, and I do the same bit. Comedians. I don't call myself a comedian, but if you say comedians never stole a line, don't lie. They all steal right. lines. Right. Yeah. But if, especially yeah. if they're good. Uh, I have a quote. Go ahead. It's a definition of the word originality. What it is? Originality is the ability to forget where you got it. There you go. That is I like that. Yeah, I, you, I always uh, tell people, have you ever heard the song "Catching Cradle with Silver Spoon? They go, yes, yes, yes. And I go, good, because this ain't it. And I go into the music <laughs> and then do the cat song. And it's and I, I had a lady actually get offended because we live in this woke culture, which freaks me out because I have cats and we got a dog, mm. you know, and mm. we, we, we love animals. I probably we could have some birds. The only thing I don't think is pets or snakes, and that's just because... I was raised right, so right. Know, yeah. I, I ain't. I don't yeah. want no snake or nothing in the house. Right. But, 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 uh, yeah, no, no, they got. Yeah. Anyway, we love animals. Well, I did the cat song, and this woman, this this old white woman, and was about half. You ever seen a drunk Methodist? She was. I'm telling you, the old gal was gone. You hear me? And she was doing this, and she kept going, and she got offended. And I said, "Lady, it's a joke. I ain't never eat cat in my life." I said, "Unless they fry." I said. If I did, I said, if it was really in the Chinese restaurant, it was good, you know. But everybody knew it was a joke, but she actually took it literally that we were frying up cats. And I was like, dude, no, it's okay. It's okay. But I heard a joke from Aaron Wilbur, and like he did some jokes from little Jimmy Dickens. I have done some comedian songs, but I haven't wrote, written any. Uh, right, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was wanting to know. Any at, comedian at, you songs. Know. I, I write songs. I've got a song on one of the albums that I give him called Ain't That a Shame. And um, it, it was actually a true song, uh, and it's kind of bluesy. They would call it outlaw country now, uh, what they would call outlaw. And one of the lines in it says, from the time I can remember, I always felt alone. My daddy was a saint at the church house and a devil when he got home. Ain't that a shame? And then it goes on, so it tells a story. And at the end of it, it goes, you can have your worldly pleasures. You can have all the silver and all the gold, but it don't matter in the end, my friend. We all end up in a hole. So you say, so I, I, hmm. I'm learning to try to just say little things where people go, if, especially if you get guys that listen to lyrics, 
Because I'm not one of those who goes, oh, I like the beat. I'm like, I like to listen to what they're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, George mm-hmm. Jones did a song back in the 50s called Blue Must Be the Color of the Blues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good Remember name. that song? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Dude. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you here? Blue Must Be the Color Angels Choose. I'm just like, who wrote this? Like, I love Tom T. Hall and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. those guys. And, and uh, Country Jim calls that somebody that's a wordsmith. You know, you know what? Sling Blade, they did that. You remember, he said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wordsmith. Yeah, it was right, right in the Piggly Wiggly parking lot. And, yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, I knew that one. Jerry Lee, Jerry Lee was one of my favorite country singers because he wasn't. They call it they call it traditional country now, but pre World War II, hillbilly music, what we would call bull, bluegrass, was what they call country music till after mm-hmm. World War II. Then the steel right. guitar, because he, you know, yeah. Of course, I, I don't. I think they say Northerners. When I was a kid, they called them Yankees, but. And, and, and but now they say Northerners, they those guys got together and put their stuff, and then they come up with this new brand. Because Hank Senior, if you look at that guy, he grew up with a black street musician named T Tot, mm-hmm. and T Tot he would listen. But if you listen to it, uh, came in last night about half past ten. That baby mine would let me in. That all that that's blues lyrics, and there's how you yeah. write blues songs, mm-hmm. but then he put hillbilly music to it. So it's mm-hmm. like what I want to do is is. Put a different flavor to something that takes people back to a simpler time, and it's good. But they they're there to listen. They want to be entertained rather mm-hmm. than. I hate playing beer drums. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you're gonna play. Somebody, can you play the chair? Yes, for the thousandth time. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, can you play Sweet Home Alabama? I was like, can I, can I go ahead and just put a gun in my mouth now? <laughs> right, 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 right. Get lead poisoning. Hey, speaking of which, can you can you play us something? Yeah, something original. What, yeah, you want the original? Yeah, oh, something. But I heard a song that you did, and it's a little rocky, but it's something about crossroads. Uh, can you do, can you do that? Yeah. There you go. Crossroads of my life But I'm lost everything I had Lost my children and my work Oh, standing at the crossroads The crossroads of my life Well, I got lost everything I hold My children and my work Mama told me not to smoke it But I did it
That's yeah. good. Oh, now can you do the chair now? Yeah. Uh, no, just joking. <laughs> Actually, actually, I, I wrote a new song. Uh, that's Crossroads. That's so weird because this whole business. I'm, I'm the more I found out the biz about the business part of it, the more I don't like it. I opened up for David Ball back mm. in the early 2000s. Yeah, at a place called Whistle Stop Cafe, and I got the job because Tommy Mauser for Strike TV, and I'm going to mention Tommy and Angela's name. Let me come open up for him. Well, I met him, and David was real nice to me, and uh, I met his guitar player Troy Cook Jr who has got a song that I ain't heard years if you ever find it's called Haggardsville that he wrote going down to Haggardsville and uh, oh, it was a great song well David I, I actually got to go up and record in Troy's studio and we went to David's house one day well I thought man I want to David Ball's house this is awesome well, David really is this country it's not an act oh no he is country no he's extremely yeah. country and I went yeah. I went to his house and he had a dog and his wife and I think he only has one daughter and she's pretty, but it's kind of like him in a dress. You know what I'm saying? She looks like her daddy. And uh, uh, it's kind of weird. That's not. That, that's kind of scary nowadays. But it that, is. That, it is. It is. But it's like. Because it, it happens. It, it you know, happens. I think Country Jim's daughter, Liz, I think she's gorgeous. But every once in a while, I see his eyes, and it kind of creeps me out a little bit. So. Oh, wow. But anyway, anyway we, was, we was in there, and I was talking to him. And, him, and he said, Johnny, give me a million dollars, and I'll make you famous. And he was serious. I said, huh? And I, was, I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, it cost me about a half million, about 500000 I said, are you serious? It cost Kent Black 250000 I said, what are you talking about? He goes, you can buy. I said, what do you mean buy? Well, you got publicity companies that give $150,000 and they'll take and they'll put you out there and all of a sudden you'll be an overnight, you'll be on the red carpet, you'll be in Rolling Stone magazine. And I thought, in my mind, it was about talent. And if you, mm -hmm. if you had really good talent, somebody would hear you and they would sign you and then you'd be on your right. way. Well, it's not yeah. like that. Yeah. And I said, you're telling me, he goes, I'm telling you. I said, is it about talent? He goes, not a lot. But if you can sing decent or whatever, he goes, I'm telling you with the right people behind you. And this was back before the internet and all this was as big as it is. It was back when MySpace was out or whatever. <laughs> I said, are you serious? I had one of those. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and he was telling me about it. And so I started studying the business side of things and I'm finding out, yeah, if you have enough money, you can hire people, and all of a sudden you'll have 500,000 followers. They'll get you. That's what they do. They made a market for it, and they'll get you your followers, and all of a sudden the record companies go, oh, wow, they have five, because it's not about talent. It's about moving product. Right. right. And when I found that out, I wanted to go back to the old Roy Acuff. I saw a, a documentary with him when I was young, and he was on the old medicine shows, and they would go from town to town. It was like a circus with right bluegrass yep. and country and they would have the they would have maybe the lady that would sing the suggestive song the snake lady and she would do but this was back before there was no tv and wasn't a lot of radio so these folks didn't see a lot of this when this show come to town they go man we got to go see this so they'd pay 50 cents or whatever uh, or they would and they would sell this at the end they would sell their little bottles of medicine and mm -hmm. I, I said it went from being about talent and really entertaining people to it's all about making money. It's all about the almighty dollar. It's all. It's not about it's whatever mm. sales. It doesn't make any difference. It's like murder on Music Row when straight come out. And oh, yeah. made, it made yep. everybody mad. Yep. I'm like, what's well, the God's truth? They killed. They gutted. Absolutely. It from what what happened yep. to it. So mm. yep. because you can't tell me George when they say George tell George Jones go home. He's too country. Are you serious? Yeah, I know. I mean, really, George. I mean, that's yeah. George. I think it was a God given talent with him because he literally could turn a phrase. Yeah. And like rip your heart out and go, <laughs> you know, it was just like, you, <laughs> right. you know. yeah. Jones can do that. Well, when I found out that, it kind of bothered me. 
And I said, well, you know, look at me. I'm not going to make little girls jump up and scream and holler like Elvis did because I'll be honest with you. I mean. Uh, oh, you never know. You might uh, swivel your hips a little bit. You never, well, I'll never be honest with you. I had a, I, can I tell a road story? Go ahead. I love those. I was playing a casino one night. Anyway, I, that's what I didn't like. I don't like about the business. I have like the 80. I kind of go around, but that's. I was in a casino one night now, and uh, uh, there was a lady that was totally inebriated. I was dressed like the hip in the pimp, and I'm up there with an electric guitar, and I'm sitting down, and we were playing, and I'm going, and, and she is trying to be uh, alluring. That's a good word, and colorful. <laughs> so they have a birthday party going on, and she has a chocolate-covered strawberry, and she is dancing. We're on a big stage like this. There's a bar down here, and she's looking at me, and she's doing this, and she's doing this. Well, I actually had a pair of prescription sunshades on because I can't see. I'm blind. And so I, I'm sitting there looking, and the bass girl goes, what in the world is she doing? He goes, I think she's looking at you. I said, Lord, have mercy. So we played anyway. When she comes up, so I say it, and she's trying to be a learner, so she starts eating this strawberry. Okay? <laughs> and In front of the stage, I'm sitting there playing. I'm like... You know, I'm just kind of looking. So she comes up to me, and, and back when I was a kid, if a woman was married and was going to have a child, they said she was in the family way. Yeah. Well, she wanted to be in the family way, I guess. It, she was trying to be alluring and colorful and basically propositioned me. And I said, and of course she got mad and yelled at me, but I said, lady, I'll be honest with you. If you drank enough liquor to find me remotely attractive, you have a drinking problem. <laughs> And I said, really, it's really like a bad decision because I'm telling you. And, and uh, uh, I'll be, I've will be i been with my wife for be 41 years. Be 30, we dated for five years. 36 years, December the 6th, coming up. And I was like, she said that. It was like, you think, is it rock and roll to women? I'm like, maybe when I was younger, it's more like Candy Crush and ibuprofen and a shower and a hotel room and me FaceTime. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm wore out. And like, you know, I told my wife, I don't do cocaine. But I understand why they did back in the 70s, because if you yeah. drive 20 hours somewhere and you have to do an interview going, hi, and you're like, you're, it's, it's not going to happen. You're yeah. dead. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you know, I'm Mr. Star. So it's, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. But that was my road story. And I basically told her she find, found it. She really had a bad drinking problem. I mean, her beer goggles were gone. At, at this at this point, she was right. finding me uh, quite sexy and alluring, and I'm like, "Are you serious? <laughs> really, I mean, Johnny? Yes, sir. This has been absolutely fascinating. It I is. Have no I don't think we've part. asked three questions though, have we? <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna hush now. No, no, no. <laughs> I want you to I want you to do a, a, a do a, like a country song that you wrote uh, before we have to go. Okay, now I've got two. I've got two. Um, um, do you want me to do the new one I wrote? That sounds good. Yeah. Here's a bottle on the table. Got the blues hanging around the door. Got a note I've had for him. Said you don't love me anymore. And it's finally getting through to me. Since I heard the news It's been 25 years And I've still got the blues It's been 25 years And i still got the blues Oh, 25 years long My nights are a living hell Got a bottle for my companion And a barroom 
it's been 25 years and I've still got the blue. It's been 25 years and I still got the blue. Fancy picking time. Well, I'm sitting here in my easy chair The rain pouring down and you're not here I look at your picture hanging in my hall I call out your name, you don't answer at all I don't know how many answers I can't tell But I might do But it's been 25 years And I've still got the blue it's been 25 years and I still got the blue. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That is good. Hey, and you know what? You're definitely a... Uh I, 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 you're a guitar picker to my heart because you use C, G, and D, it looks like. As I, I, I was watching you fingering there, so on that. And that's what I do. That's all I can do is three chords. So well, You know, Glenn Tubb told a story. Uh, he, was, he, was, he told me a story. He was in the hotel room with Hank Williams Sr. and Hank's mama. And uh, she was a character. And uh, he, he actually was playing the guitar, and he said it was, Hank was his hero. And uh, he was doing everything he could on that guitar. And Hank told him, said, said you don't need G, C, and D. And if you ain't got to use D, just hang on to that number one for a while. I mean, he just re really wasn't. Uh, there, was a, there was a whole lot of C and G in, in Hank Williams. Well, uh, I could, I could two play different things. But I just, that that song actually uh, come to me in in my head. I'm like, those are blues lyrics. And then but when I come, I was like, why am I like channeling Jerry Jeff Walker Music that because it wasn't supposed to be like that. It just come out like that. It's yeah. good. It's good stuff. Uh, I didn't play the song I wanted to play for you, uh, but it's it's play us a verse of what you wanted to play, or okay. a chorus, whatever you want to do there. Just whatever you want to, just a short short version of it. That sounds good. My daddy was a con man and a preacher. He preached the Bible through and through. He had a problem with them good looking women eyes, preaching days and through. Now, ain't that a shame? Lord, ain't that a shame? Ain't that a shame? Lord, but that's the blue. Well, from a time, Lord, I can remember I always felt alone My daddy was a saint at the church house And the devil, when he got home, ain't that a shame Lord, ain't that a shame Ain't that a shame Lord, that's the blue Well, one time he whooped me down in the corner. Lord, my little head was sore. 
My mama hit him in the back of the head with a rifle and laid him out on that floor right there. Lord, ain't down the shade. Ain't that a shame? Lord, but that's the blue. Last verse. Well, you can have all the worldly pleasures, all the silver and all the gold. You know it won't matter in the end, my friend. We'll all end up in a hole and ain't that Lord, ain't that a shame? Ain't that a shame? But that's a blue. Yeah, anyway, that's good. My brother heard that. He was living in Louisiana and heard that song. Because my God, that was the truth. I'm like, that is one of those true songs. Yeah, that is good stuff. Well, the next time that we have you on here, yeah, we're going. It's definitely going to be a next time. Child abuse. (laughs) (laughs) Threw him off a little bit there. Well, Johnny Riley, man, we do appreciate well, you being with us. I apologize, you guys, didn't get to answer questions. I've done interviews with say, "Hey, talk," and I'm like, "Okie dokie." So, no, you're good. Yeah, uh, we got all the information we needed. Believe me, we got everything we needed. But we're going to have you back for another round because we got to do that, you know. So, uh, what you got? Anything else you want to add? Nope. Okay. Well, we are done. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so very much. Yeah, play us out. There you go. Hey, we'll see you folks on another one. Adios. Thanks for listening to The Big Show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. This has been a Unicap Media presentation.